the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6. GT, the World Performance Car of the Year. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Firstly, what do all these people have in common? Rick Charlesworth, Shirley Delahunty, Herb Elliott, Graham Polly Farmer, Rochelle Hawkes, Tom Hode, Justin Langer, Dennis Lilly, Walter Lindrum, Jill McIntosh, Graham McKenzie and Graham Moss. What do they all have in common? They are legends in the WA Hall of Champions. And last night, there was another one added to that in Priya Cooper, the first Paralympian to be elevated to legend status and joins that illustrious group of West Australian champions. Later on the program, I'll be speaking to Priya, and she'll take us through her journey. And it's been an incredible journey at that. So don't miss that interview. It's coming up a bit later on here on Sports Day WA. Really looking forward to that. In the meantime, we'll also speak to Aaron Hardy, who is one of the rising cricketers of Australian cricket, the Wacker men's all-rounder. He missed the last Shield game against New South Wales due to a, a lingering injury. We'll find out more about that shortly. But he will be playing for the WA Sheffield Shield team when they take on South Australia at the Wacker ground in the game that starts tomorrow. So Aaron Hardy, not far away as well. Speaking of cricket, and I suppose the leading story today for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, is the build-up to the World Cup cricket semi-finals. Tomorrow night, we have India against New Zealand. And on Thursday, Australia do battle with South Africa. Mitch Stark has spoken, and uh, this is basically what he had to say uh, regarding the game coming up. Firstly, on his own World Cup form. Yeah, I mean, if you look at purely numbers, there's been been a lot of guys uh, across a lot of teams um, probably not have the same numbers as they, they would have liked. Um, probably had to try and impact in different different ways. I think if we've looked at some of the grounds we've played at, certainly some of the, the games on, on TV, the wickets have certainly been two very different wickets through the day and through the night, um, none more than probably Mumbai, um, if you're looking at stats alone there as well. Um, it's certainly been more beneficial to, to swing the ball and nip the ball in the second innings when it's the sun's gone down and it's, the wicket's sort of been under lights a little bit. Um, you know, Pat hasn't been on the right end of, of a few tosses as well. Um, so that this is, I think there's a lot of contributing factors. Um, speed's not not the be-all and all over here in India as well. So um, certainly how you go about tactically and, and whether it's variations or what time you bowl through a game or whether you win or lose a toss, um, I think a lot of things contribute to that and, and certainly haven't been um, probably at the, at the level that I would have liked as well. So I, it certainly takes some, some of myself there that, that you know, well, not to the same level as the last two World Cups anyway. So um, but now a chance at the pointy end to, to, I guess, impact again. 
And Mitch Stark made a very interesting comment regarding uh, the balls in the ODIs. He reckons they should go back to one ball and not use two. Yeah, I think on, on particular wickets or, um, again, on, on different, uh, whether you bat a ball first, certainly bowling first on particular wickets. The the new ball, I think, with two, two fielders out, has been almost sometimes the hardest time to bowl. Um, you get a, a bit of an understanding of the wickets whilst the game goes on and, and whether they slow up or the ball gets softer. So um, that's not a that's not a sob story. It's just like that's the, the nature of one-day cricket at the minute. You've got two brand-new balls on, on flat wickets. Um, I think that's the nature of the World Cup. If you look at um, the runs scored or certainly the century scored as opposed to five wickets taken, um, the ratios are heavily skewed. So... Um, but that's the nature of the World Cup, certainly on the wickets over here, and, and bowlers just have to find a way and get used to it. Has there been anything to do with the balls themselves? Do you think the balls changed at all in, in one-day cricket in recent times? Or it's uh, I still think it should be one ball, not two. What, 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 what makes you say that? <laughs> the ball stays harder for longer. Uh, as we've seen here, the grounds are quite small. Wickets are flat. If anything, in world cricket, wickets have gotten flatter. And um, I think if you look at some of that old footage where they played one ball, reverse swing comes into it a lot more that actually brings the bowlers back into the game and I don't think there's any secret that one day cricket and probably T20 cricket as well was the baddest game and bowlers just have to hang on. Interesting there Mitch Stark talking today ahead of what's going to be a big one, a couple of big days finally the World Cup has come to the business end of the season with the semi-finals, it's been five weeks in the making and we've got India taking on New Zealand tomorrow night uh, followed by Australia against South Africa on Thursday night. Mitch Stark there for Cobram Estate. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. It's interesting, uh, just before we take a break, uh, and we're talking about the WA Hall of Champions, uh, a special event last night, and the 1992 West Coast Eagles Premiership team was inducted into the West Australian Hall of Fame last night. That's a 1992 AFL West Coast Eagles Premiership team, the first Premiership to go outside of Victoria. They were inducted last night, together with the likes of the 85 to 91 West Australian Women's State Hockey Team, the 69 to 72 WA Women's State Netball Team, and the 67 68 WA State Cricket Team. There's one other football team, actually, that was inducted into the WA. Hall of Fame. Uh, can you identify which team that was on the Tempera of uh, Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Another football team. The West Coast Eagles 1992 team was the second Aussie Rules football team to be inducted. Which one was the other football team? See if you can get it right. 0487 736 736. We'll take a break. Aaron Hardy joins us after the break. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolman, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great 
Tavia Company here on uh, Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos, wherever you may be listening on the SENWA network. Aaron Hardy now joins us, uh, the up-and-coming star all-rounder from Western Australia, who only just recently, around August, made his debut for Australia at uh, the T20 level and also the ODI level when Australia were in South Africa. And Aaron joins us on the program now. Aaron, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, I've got someone who's given me a bit of background information to you. We're going to talk about the Sheffield Shield game in just a moment. But I believe a few years ago, you were the water boy for the Brentwood Bulldogs E3 grade. Is that correct in footy? Yeah, I don't know who's given you that. But, yeah, I remember there was a few rainy days down there when I was running around a few of the few of the Willerton former first graders. Um, I actually grew up across the road from the park down there, yeah. um, Corinda Park. So, yeah, um, uh, I've run a few laps around there. I'll tell you who gave me the information because he actually works here at SENWA now. Do you know a guy called Matt Johnson? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, very familiar. <laughs> Jono's given me the information uh, because he's involved with the Willerton uh, Cricket Club as well. He was telling me your dad Peter's still involved with the uh, the club as well. Yeah, dad's, um, dad's currently coaching second grade, and I'm, I'm sure Jono would have told you about the day where he kicked 17 goals down there. He likes to bring that up. Oh, no, often. he didn't mention that, actually. He didn't mention that. He's a very humble bloke, and he reckons you're pretty much like him, just like to keep yourself, you know, nice and quiet, not an attention seeker. Uh, do you reckon that's your makeup as well? I, I like to try to stay out of the light as much as possible. I'm yeah. happy just going to business. He was telling me as a, as a young boy growing up, you're probably more a batter than an all-rounder and you scored a lot of runs uh, at uh, junior level. So you're predominantly a batter before you started, of course, trying to develop as an all-rounder? Yeah, when I was younger, I was definitely more of a batsman um, in sort of the underage cricket and, and under-13s and under-14s and then yeah, shot up and, and grew pretty tall, uh, probably around the age of 16, 17, so I thought I'd have a crack with the ball as well. And so, yeah, now I like to think it's equal parts bat and ball, and, um, but, yeah, I love both sides of the game. Yeah, well, your first-class batting average is around 44, which is quite incredible. And, you know, your bowling average is also quite impressive when I look at it. It's around about 28. So uh, you're certainly doing well with both uh, bat and ball for Western Australia and Australia, and we'll come back to the time that you made your debut at ODI level and T20 level for Australia in just a moment. What's it like coming back? You didn't uh, travel to Sydney. What was the problem? But you will be playing for Western Australia in that Shield game against uh, South Australia tomorrow. Yes, I didn't make the trip over to Sydney last week. There was just a bit of general fatigue and and had a bit of a tight quad as well. so, yeah, didn't make the trip over there. It wasn't the greatest of week for the boys over in Sydney. Um, but they, they came back uh, ready to hit the ground. And there were some really good performances in club cricket over the weekend. So um, the boys are certainly ready to go for tomorrow. There's a lot of depth in the WA side, even though that result in Sydney was uh, pretty surprising. I gather there's been a bit of re- reflection and post-mortem on that result. As we know, New South Wales hadn't won, a sh- I think, a Shield game for almost two years. And... They completely obliterated Western Australia. What do you think went wrong in Sydney? I think, um, yeah, that certainly it wasn't the best week. I think they played really well. And, and I think the fact that they haven't won a game in two years um, certainly doesn't reflect on the list that they have. You look around their, their list and they've got Moses Enriquez, Jason Sanger, um, Daniel Hughes. They've got a lot of really good players. So 
um, I think it's probably more surprising the fact that they haven't been able to get those those wins on the board over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, our boys, I, I suppose, um, a little bit of consistency with the bat um, probably hurt us over there. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of in terms of the whole the whole team, probably, I don't think um, too many people really put their put their um, yeah, not, not many people put uh, together a full game last week. So um, hopefully we can come back better this week, and I'm sure we will. He continues to make runs at the top of the order. He's from Willerton as well, your club, Cam Bancroft. Have you seen him hit the ball better? No, I haven't. I actually bowled to him yesterday in the nets, and, and I was just thinking to myself, he's batting absolutely beautifully at the moment. Um, certainly in, in everyone in WA's opinion, he's, he's the next test opener, and, and I hope for his sake that he gets that opportunity because, like you said, he is batting beautifully at the moment. Uh, a bit of a blow for the WA side tomorrow with hard-hitting batter Ashton Turner. He'll miss the clash against South Australia. Again, he's managing a bit of soreness in his right knee. I gather... WA's big bonus is there's a bit of depth in the squad, isn't there, to cover players like yourself when you're not around and Ashton Turner, as is the case in this game coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, AT's played a lot of cricket for us this year. Um, obviously, stepped back into the four-day cricket late last year and, and, and did really well. Um, so, cemented his, his spot there. Um, but like you mentioned, we got really good depth. Uh, Jaden Goodwin made 100 and 160, 170 in the second 11 game last week. So he's he's going to be coming back into the team and he's, he's in really good form. So, um, yeah, the depth is, is a real strength of ours and excited to see um, how Jaden goes. Yeah, interesting when you look at the WA squad, as I said, uh, very much a, a very solid uh, team. When you look at yourself, uh, you're the state's uh, leading performer this season. I think you've made about 229 runs at 57 and seven wickets at 27 in the three Shield games. Do you reckon you're getting the balance right? Are you getting your game together where you feel comfortable now with bat and ball and you can uh, maybe make an impact every time you're in the play? Yeah, certainly something you strive towards, making an impact every time you go out there and bat and bowl. Um, that certainly doesn't always happen like that. Um, fortunate enough to have had a decent start to the year this year. Um, but I think the challenge is just... is keeping that consistency going, keeping um, staying on the park, um, sort of look around at the all-rounders around the world. And, and it, at times it can be quite challenging to keep the levels of fitness up um, just with the demands of the bat and the ball. So I think WA have been really good this year about keeping that balance um, for me and, and having obviously folks like Joel Paris and Lance Morris uh, in the bowling lineup certainly helps to just create a well-rounded bowling attack, which mm. um, certainly helps. So, um, yeah, I'm in, really enjoying my role in the team at the moment. Um, and, yeah, uh, love contributing to some success, hopefully. Tell us how much confidence you got from uh, making your debut for Australia in the T20 competition or in the match against South Africa. It was only in August of this year. And, of course, you made your ODI debut for Australia against South Africa as well in the second match of that five-match series. How much did that help in your development as a cricketer? Yeah, that was a very special trip for me. Um, heading over to South Africa, was able to um, have some family over there and and be um, have some really special times. So, um, yeah, absolutely love that trip, and yeah, it's awesome to be able to check in at that level and and sort of see where your game stands against some of the best cricketers in the world. Um, so when it was against South Africa in, in the ODI format, they had 
four bowlers bowling over 140 k's an hour. So it's certainly um, a big step up, but also nice to nice to get recognised at that level and, and get a bit of experience and exposure. Um, so sort of come back with a pretty clear idea of what you need to work on going forward. What do you think of uh, your teammate Mitch Marsh's knock of 177 the other night in the World Cup? Yeah, that was a that was an unbelievable innings. Um, certainly not surprised. He's been hitting the ball like that for the past couple of years. We've seen it for WA. Um, came back for one Shield game last year and made 100. Uh, we've seen it for the Perth Scorchers. Uh, he's played some unbelievable knocks over the first couple of, uh, past couple of years. So um, he's just been going from strength to strength. Um, last couple of seasons. Um, I'm sure he's going to have a big home summer as well this year. Good on you, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. Uh, of course, a WA cricket uh, men's all-rounder. Good luck for your return game against South Australia at the Wacker tomorrow. Go well. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, Aaron Hardy joining us here on Sports Day uh, WA. Uh, he's certainly an exciting product, the 24-year-old. Just a note here that... Um, for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. While we were sleeping, uh, Manchester United great Sir Bobby Charlton uh, was remembered as one of England football's finest players and a humble and fantastic man as well by thousands of fans uh, who lined the route to bid him farewell. Charlton was a World Cup winner with England and one of United's greatest players. He died October the 21st at the age of 86. Former United manager Sir Alex Ferguson, former players Andy Cole, Paul Scholes, England manager Gareth Southgate, Prince William and UEFA president Alexander Seferdin were among the around 1,000 invited guests who attended the private service at the Manchester Cathedral. His funeral cortege paused in front of the Trinity statue of Charlton, George Best and Dennis Law, the trio that helped United become the first English club to win the European Cup back in 1968. So um, they bid farewell to Sir Bobby uh, overnight our time over there in Manchester. That update, thanks to Polaris, uh, plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. We'll take a break, come back with more on the other side of this break here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have your company. I mentioned earlier, because we've got Priya Cooper coming up on the program in just a moment, uh, who was elevated to legend status at the WA Hall of Champions function last night, uh, the first Paralympian to achieve that honour. And we'll speak to Priya in a little while. She's going to take us uh, through her journey, and I'll tell you what, it's um, an incredible journey at that. So Priya's not far away. We're still looking for the other football team, that is in the West Australian Hall of Champions. Last night, the 1992 West Coast Eagles Premiership team were inducted into that uh, Hall of Champions together with the West Australian cricket team of 67-68, the West Australian women's state netball team of 69-72 and the WA women's state hockey team of 85-91. There was one other football team, Australian rules football team, that was inducted. Can you identify which that was? Uh, Peter 
Uh, the team would have to be West Perth. Cheers, Big Al. No, no, the garlic mungers are nowhere near it. Uh, so tell us who you think it may have been uh, on the temper at Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. And if you haven't heard the news, um, it appears Thursday night next season, get ready for AFL action, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. An unprecedented number of Thursday night matches next season will be the first 14 rounds. So the first 14 rounds of the AFL next season will be kicking off on Thursday night. That's in comparison to the season just gone that started with five Thursday night matches. So there you go. Uh, Plenty of football that will entertain you over four days, uh, certainly for the first 14 rounds of next AFL season with the AFL fixtures due to drop on Thursday, uh, late on Thursday. So if it falls uh, inside sports day WA time, we'll bring you right up to date with that. The other Australian rules football team that is in the West Australian Hall of Champions. Can you identify that? Temper at Bedshed. Text machine 0487 736 736. For Irrigear that offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. Just a couple of the other bits and pieces uh, that are going around when it comes to sport. Uh, Ruben Jinby was actually featured on SENWA Breakfast this morning with Scotty and Goss. And uh, firstly, he gave us a bit of an insight on how the feeling was around the group at the moment as they came back to training yesterday. Yeah, it feels super exciting at the moment. I think there's been quite a bit of change. Um, we've got a few new SNC um, coaches in and that kind of thing and a few new coaches. And Yeah, it's all feeling um, really exciting and, I guess, young at the moment because it's mainly the young boys coming in and for the last two weeks. But it was great to have the older um, boys come and support us yesterday and also join in with the training. So, it's, um, yeah, it is feeling a bit, of, I guess, feeling a bit refreshed. And, yeah, we don't know how well we go this year, but it's definitely feeling really exciting for the future. More of Ruben Jimby in just a moment. Uh, Dave of Harvey says the other Australian rules footy team in the West Australian Hall of Champions, our very first, very first state of origin team. No, it's not that. Uh, good try, Dave. Good try, Al. Uh, keep going. Uh, temper a bedshed text machine. Let's see if we can identify it. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. He also spoke Ruben Jinby on Luke Shuey becoming a coach. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, he's yeah. I guess he had his first official day as coach yesterday, but he's been training with us over the last two weeks because he's had a few young boys train together like, unofficially kind of thing. But um, he's my mentor coach along with a few of the other young midfielders, so I can't wait to um, yeah, learn from him. And he's only freshly out of the game, so it still kind of feels weird seeing him sitting in his coach's box and you know, on the desk at the computers and that kind of thing. It still feels like a player, so um, yeah, I can't wait to learn off him and yeah, him be my mentor coach. And how did Ruben, after coming, of course, from East Perth uh, to the West Coast Eagles in his first season of AFL football, how did he look back on that? Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, I was really grateful for all the opportunities I was given. And no, I wouldn't say throw it into the wolves, I guess, but I had to carry a bit of a heavy load. But I think my first, my first three games were my best games of footy, which was exciting, but also not disappointing as such, but I just couldn't find that form, I think. Yeah, the first three games and finishing with the Rising Star against Frio. And after that, I couldn't really get back to my best. But it was definitely um, all good experience and I've definitely learned a lot from it. And then I guess coming into this year, it's all um, put me in yeah, good stead to just improve on what I've done last year and yeah, keep building on my game. 
Okay, so there you go. Ruben Jinby, who was featured on uh, Scotty and Goss's breakfast program this morning on SENWA. Uh, the Australian women's squad for the December-January tour of India has uh, been released, and uh, this uh, is going to be a very, very dominant uh, side, considering, as we know, that Meg Lanning has announced her retirement from international cricket. Now, the captain hasn't been awarded as yet, uh, announced as yet, but there's a couple of uh, West Australians that are in, in the likes of Alana King and also Beth Mooney. They've been named in the squad for that tour of India. So uh, congratulations to them. And uh, we wish him the best of luck. Now, Bruce from Alfred Cove has got it correct. Well done, Bruce. The other Australian rules football team that is in the West Australian Hall of Champions is the 1961 Carnival-winning WA State football team. They won the Carnival in Hobart and they were inducted in the West Australian Hall of Champions in 2014 on the back end of the West Coast Eagles being inducted last night, the 1992 team. As we know, the first premiers of the AFL outside Victoria. Good on you, Bruce, from Alfred Cove. You got it in one. As I mentioned, the other teams, the West Australian State Cricket Team of 67-68, the WA Women's State Netball Team of 69-72, to and the West Australian Women's State Hockey Team of 85 through to 91. All right, on the other side of the break, we're going to be speaking to an individual who, as I mentioned, joins this very, very high-profile band of sports people. Rick Charlesworth, Shirley Delahunty, Herb Elliott, Graham Polly Farmer, Rochelle Hawks, Tom Hode, Justin Langer, Dennis Lilly, Walter Lindrum, Jill McIntosh, the netballer, Graham McKenzie and Graham Moss. Last night, Priya Cooper was inducted into legend status in the WA Hall of Champions, an outstanding individual who has achieved so much. Uh, three Paralympic Games. She ended it all at the Sydney 2000 Games. She won nine gold medals and 16 overall and was twice co-captain of the Australian Paralympic team and twice the closing ceremony flag bearer. She also won something like 10 World Championship medals during our time, including uh, eight gold. Now, I met Priya at a very interesting place back in the 1990s, the early 1990s. And we're going to have a chat about that on the other side of the break when I speak to Priya Cooper. Sit back and enjoy it. She's going to join us as we reflect on what has been a marvellous career. And we'll also find out exactly what she's doing these days. This is Sports Day WA, thanks to the Kia EV6 GT and also Toolmart here on SEN. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA, wherever you may be listening around Western Australia. Great to have you on board. Just before we introduce our next special guest, here's a quick community update thanks to Fire Code. Be alert and be prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. 
visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. Well, it was a big night last night, the WA Sport Hall of Fame, and this lovely lady was elevated to legend status. Three Paralympic Games that ended in Sydney in 2000, won nine gold medals, 16 overall, twice co-captain of the Australian Paralympic team and twice the closing ceremony flag bearer. She's done everything. Uh, also won 10 World Championship medals, including eight gold. I tell you what, it's not a bad CV when it comes to sport. And I first met this lady when she was studying at Curtin University back in the 90s. I can call it legend now. Priya Cooper, congratulations. How are you? Good. Uh, gee, you've come a long way from those days of popping into the radio station when you were trying to find out a bit more about the media landscape. Oh, I know. I know. I was trying to find out how to do radio and do media, and I think I got put on the midnight shift or something. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Saying that, can we go back to last night? Uh, what an incredible... Uh, acknowledgement of your career and the person you are. You're a legend in the WA Sport Hall of Fame. Tell us what it means to you and how the event unfolded last night. So the event was amazing. Um, There was lots of inductees. um, And then obviously I got elevated to legend. And I had my whole family there. I had loads of friends there. Uh, It was just really special for me. and it's something you don't ever dream of. You don't ever think of, you know, because you just do your thing, you just do your sport. And, you know, last night was extremely special. Did you have any pre-warning this was going to happen? Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> so you prepared yourself. Did What was your uh, emotions like when you actually acknowledged and you had to go up to the stage and accept the legend status. And and what did you say to the assembled multitude that were present there last night? Um, I was extremely nervous, extremely nervous. Um, I'm the first Paralympian to be inducted um, up to legend uh, or elevated to legend. So it was very, very nerve-wracking. But what I said to them was, I guess the message I, I had was that we've all stepped on footsteps. You know, we've all stepped on, you know, people before us. And I think everyone in the room, every sports person can understand that. What was interesting also when you look at your life, which has been a very colourful life and you've achieved so much, and it was certainly... Again, acknowledged last night. As a youngster, as we know, you're encouraged by your mother to try out several sports after you're born with cerebral palsy, including tap dancing and ballet. But I believe it was your father <laughs> who threw you in the pool with some floaties and saying, OK, Priya, let's see how you go with swimming. Yeah, look, it was probably both my parents did that. So they kind of chucked me in the pool and it was it was my, my dream to be honest, and I'm, you might have read it in the West, but my dream was to be a tap dancer and to be on Young Talent Time, but um, <laughs> that was clearly not going to happen. 
Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of, we had a backyard pool and I went in the pool and then I was I went to school and we had a, uh, a pool at the back of school and I got into swimming. And it was something that I could do that where I felt freedom. Mm. Tell us about some of your coaches. And I had the privilege of meeting the late uh, Frank Ponta, who was so involved with, as we know, wheelchair sports and many other of the sports when they were based out there at Osmond Park. And I used to actually go frequently because I knew the president, Esme Bowen, very well. And I was was educated because I went to school with Esme, by the way, Priya. Oh, did you really? I invited Esme, so she was there last night. Yeah, we we go back a long way and we still catch up and talk to each other regularly. But I remember meeting meeting Frank on one of those occasions. He's no longer with us. But how much of a mentor was he for you? He was absolutely fabulous. (laughs) Admittedly, I think he, because he did swimming, he did basketball, he did field, he did all the different disciplines and he just went, he just worked his butt off (laughs) (laughs) to make sure that we all had opportunities. And it was hilarious because um, I I quite often say, like, he, he helped me with my swimming, but he always said, oh, and now you need to do some wheelchair basketball. Mate, 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 do wheelchair basketball. And I was absolutely hopeless. (laughs) (laughs) But he goes, you're a good swimmer. But you can play a little bit of basketball. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a lovely, lovely man. And that was great that Esme was there last yeah. night because she's put oh, so much time fantastic. and effort into wheelchair sports, hasn't she? Absolutely, absolutely. She's an absolute gem. So take us back to when you were a 17-year-old, your major Paralympic debut at the Barcelona Summer Paralympics, uh, and you were in danger of not actually going there because of funding issues. We know a lot's changed since then. But it must have been, it would have been a huge disappointment if you didn't get to Barcelona because of money. Um, yeah, look, it's it's really hard to, because I was very young. I was 17. Um, and I didn't really know what was, what all the stuff that was going on. I think I, I grew up through the Paralympics and realised, like, what the funding issues were. And, you know, it was very hard back then. It was like tin rattling and... But nobody knew what the Paralympics was. You know, nobody knew what it was. I didn't even know what it was. Mm. So it was really tough back then to get the recognition. And I think what's happened in subsequent years, um, since obviously 2000 and, you know, now, uh, is that there's so much... And Tokyo was probably the best. Well, Sydney was definitely one of the best, but Tokyo definitely made its mark with the pay parity when it came to the medals. Mm. Um, so things have changed so, so much. You were very uh, dominant in the 1996 Paralympic Games in Atlanta where you just excelled uh, you're, in fact, even more prolific than you were in Barcelona. You won five gold medals, including four individual and one team, and set two world records. Uh, what did you think about yourself after you just blitzed them in Atlanta in 1996? Uh, did you say to yourself, I've got a hang of this? Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of went, hmm, maybe there's a thing here. 
because after Barcelona, I kind of came back here and went back to uni and, you know, did curtain radio and, you know, all that sort of stuff um, and didn't think much of it. Um, but then in the lead-up to Atlanta, uh, I realised that, hey, this could be a thing. And then Atlanta was probably... Atlanta was probably my best game. Mm. I would have to say it was my best, best game. Um, but it was just... I could still smell the air, you know? Like, I can still smell the the warmth of the air, the humidity and and the feel of the pool and it it still comes back to me this day and it was just quite an amazing experience Mm. and I was only 21. You moved to Sydney in 1999 because as we know Sydney had been granted the 2000 Summer Paralympics and everybody was preparing for the Games and I believe that you were just a little bit worried because it was the Home Olympics on how the Paralympics would be received in your home country. Is that correct? Uh, not, not, not so much. Not so much. Um, I actually moved to Sydney because I had a dream of working in the media, which from back in 92, you can understand. <laughs> um, but so I had a dream of working in the media and um, I got encouraged to work over there. So I went over there. But it was it was just an opportunity, really, for me. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave my partner, who had just moved over from um, South Australia, and I just kind of left and went, I'm going to follow this dream. And it was one of those things where I we kind of both went, if you don't do it in 10, 15 years' time, you might say, what if you never tried? And so I, I just gave it a go. Um, and the Paralympics was... It was the first time that the Paralympics was, you know, united with the Olympics. So SOCOG, um, so the Sydney uh, Olympic Committee, mm. was joined with the Paralympic Committee and they just built it and built it and built it and it was just absolutely fabulous. As I said, your CV is incredible. Inducted, inaugural inductee at the WA Women's Hall of Fame in 2011 and inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 2015. But when you look back on your sporting career, is there one moment, Priya Cooper, that really stands out for you, is a beacon in your mind? Um, I'd probably have to say that it would be the Sydney uh, gold medal the home Olympics, it's very, very rare for an athlete to be able to have a home Olympics, a home Paralympics, Olympics, you know. Mm. Um, and so, so to be at sort of, I was probably not at my peak, but <laughs> to be able to win a gold in front of a home crowd, in front of my family, in front of my my son that, you know, my son that was seven years old at the time. Um, and just to experience that whole emotion of that, that's probably most important to me. Amazing. And was it true, even though you made your mark uh, in swimming, you had a fear of the open water and to overcome that fear, 
you took part in the open water 20 kilometre swim to Rotto uh, about 20 oh years ago. Oh my gosh, where do you where do you find all this? Oh, uh, well, that's my job, Priya. Is that true that you had a fear of the open water <laughs> and you did the Rotto swim and uh, the fear went? Well, no, it didn't go. It didn't go, Peter. Didn't um, you go? <laughs> No, I did it. I did it. But my husband did it first. Oh, okay. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm a distance swimmer and I must be able to do this too. So I, the very following year, so he made it um, the first year, which I think was 2001. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2002, I was like, I'm going to do this. And um, I've got to tell you, I... First, I was so petrified, <laughs> and the first 500 metres, I went out 500 metres, my mum's waving me off, and I got a cramp in my leg, like a massive cramp, and I thought, I'm going to die. Anyway, but I had to keep going, so we kept going. Uh, we kept going. We, we made it. <laughs> tell us about uh, your very supportive husband, uh, Rodney. I believe you've got two kids now, so uh, a big family. How's it all coming together? Yeah, really good. Really good. He's actually in the car driving at the moment. Well, well, say something nice about him. I will. I will. No, he's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, very, very supportive, and we're just actually heading towards a Paralympic pin presentation, so he's getting his pin we got this new pins that um, the Paralympic Australia mm-hmm. are giving us. So he's getting his pins tonight. So Fantastic, fantastic. And what's Priya Cooper doing uh, these days? Uh, of course, her Paralympic uh, days are over, but I believe you're keeping very busy, of course, involved heavily with a number of charities. Uh, you are the uh, the basically the ambassador for the Paralympic movement here in Western Australia. What are you doing with yourself away from that? Um, I'm, I sit on a few boards, so government boards and not-for-profit boards, uh, and then just doing the kids and just enjoying life. And enjoying it? And lots it? of public speaking. So, unfortunately, we lost, uh, we lost Cherie Gardner. Yes. Um, so, Cherie was my manager for speaking since I was 18. Um, Is that right? Yeah, Cherie, who, of course, uh, was heavily involved in radio and was a manager of 6PR and had a lot to do with a lot of the careers of a lot of women, actually, uh, in Western Australia who were trying to forge their profile in what was many years ago a male-dominated media landscape. Absolutely. She's, she's She's an absolute legend. And she has mentored me since I was 18 years old. And I miss her greatly, but I still keep speaking and I remember her every single time I say any speech that I do. (laughs) Priya, uh, you speak very well and I thank you very much for spending some time with us. Say hi to Rodney, your chauffeur, and uh, congratulations (laughs) again on being uh, a legend when it comes to the WA Sport Hall of Fame. Richly deserved, and thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Take care. Priya Cooper joining us here on Sports Day W. I hope you enjoyed that. Just uh, an amazing, amazing lady when you look at what she has achieved and where she's uh, come from. Uh, Great to have her on the program.
That's the program for today. Just reminding you, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. The Wildcats taking on the Cairns Taipans at RAC Arena on Thursday night. Uh, And we wish them the best of luck in that home match. Uh, Thanks to Jimmy. And thanks also to Paul Heath, our panel operator, Heater. This has been Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. I'll be back again from 5 o'clock tomorrow here on SEN WA.